We're live. What's going on, everyone? This is episode 23 of the Competent Conversations podcast. I'm Rashard Neal, and I'm here with my co-host, Taekwon Lino. So we got an interesting um, episode lined up for you guys. This could apply to anyone. This could apply to children. This could apply to a young man, a woman. It doesn't matter who it is. This could apply to your friends, your job. It doesn't matter who it is. We're talking about the 48 laws of power. Now, I know some people have like a negative connotation to it when they hear the word power, but we're going to break down a couple more dynamics and like show you how even if you don't think you're playing this game of power, you're playing this game of power and how it plays into your life. So, Taquan, you know, what you what you got to say right now? Any little little drop you want to put in real quick before we get into it? I mean, you pretty much said it every, you know, you said it already. So, like, I feel like I should just get right into the laws of power. I mean, it's definitely like a way to play chess moves with any opponent, whether you're on a basketball court, whether you're on, you know, at work or whatever, whether you're in, like, a corporation, you're trying to climb that corporate ladder. So, like... Definitely using these two selectively would help you get to that um, position you desire. So, like I said, it's like playing chess. So, the first one I really wanted to talk about, because um, we talked about a couple of these on live, and you guys got to join the live sessions when we do them. You know, Absolutely. you know, that's that's Instagram live. We go on a live. Yeah, we may end up doing Facebook live eventually. And if you do want to catch those lives, our Instagram usernames are Richard Neal R E S H A R D dot N E A L and at and also Taekwondo is at all I do is fit. Right. So, right. Um, you know, one thing, what you say in the chess move, like the thing that really sticks out to me is that early on in the book of the law, uh, 48 Laws of Power, here's the book for those of you who may be interested and want to get it. It's by Robert Greene. Mm-hmm. It talks about all the book, all the laws of power. And it's a, it's a very interesting book. It's, it's It looks like it's pretty big. It's lengthy. But the thing is that once you start reading it, you understand why, because it has such a wealth of knowledge into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I love how they talk about you have to, the main thing is using logic, using reason over emotion and being aware of a total circumstance. You have to know multiple uh, angles that that are in a situation that you're dealing with. And a lot of us, we get mad, we even get excited, we get depressed, whatever the case may be, and we allow our emotions, which are fickle, to throw us off our path, whatever that right. path may be. But with the with the mindset of a, of a powerful mindset, you're going to look, it talks about having one face face in the past and one face face in the future where you're analyzing your past. What mistakes did you make? What encounters have you ran into that were detrimental to you and that you're vowing not to have happened to you again? It doesn't talk about going back to the past to dwell on it, to be sad and upset about it, but instead to learn about, learn from it and then look in your future and see with whatever moves, whatever plans you have, you want to... Um, pretty much think of every way it could go wrong, as well as, you know, you want to think of what you want to do, what you want to execute, how you want to execute it, but also how can this thing go wrong? And with that, nothing should really catch you by surprise because you predicted a whole lot of different variables that you've set yourself up for. And with those two perspectives being the case, you come back to the present moment and look at what you have at hand, what's in front of you, Mm -hmm. and what you need to make. Yeah, like you said, with the, you know, looking at the past mistakes and then also planning, it's not just a matter of planning um, and saying this could go wrong, this could go wrong. It's if this goes wrong, what are you going to do to fix it? You got to plan to fix it as well. You can't just plan and say, oh, this might go wrong. Let me take this path instead to avoid this going wrong. 
yeah. if this does go wrong, how can I fix it and how can I still keep on on par with my goals? You know, so um, you That's said something. You said something that was actually like kind of segueing into the law I want to speak of. So I'm gonna go ahead and kick that off. Mm-hmm. Law number twelve: use selective honesty and generosity to disarm your victim. Okay. You want me to read that before, little? Before you dive into it, I'm gonna read the little segment part. Oh, you like gonna read the little segment? Description of what this law is. So, like Taquan said, law twelve is use selective honesty and generosity to disarm your victim. And when you hear this, the way throughout the book you're gonna hear them say victim or uh, target, different things like that. Yeah, yeah. You have to look at this like it's a game, right? So don't take these words so maliciously. But they're just being blunt and direct with what they're saying because it talks about how we're sitting across from one another at a table, let's say, and we both acting kind. We're both having a smile on our face, but we know what the the underlying game is, what the background uh, struggle or execution tactic is. And in today's world, the way to become powerful is not make these power moves so overt or seem like, you know, I'm really trying to be vicious towards you they talk about putting an iron fist in a velvet glove where you're coming in with a certain mindset but you have to know how to navigate and maneuver and when you do little things that are strategic to get you to a level of power in your life you um you're 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 kind of subtle with it or like uh, inconspicuous with it let's say and um uh there was something else that was going along with that thought pattern that i was going to say uh but basically oh the idea of what power is Power, you know, because it's a loose term. It can mean so many things. It's the ability to have control over yourself and your circumstance. So we all want power to a certain degree, even kids. Like kids know they're powerless when they're in a house full of adults. So they do little things. For example, um, when it says the law say less than necessary or conceal. We're getting into a different bunch of of different ones. Real quick, yeah, because I don't know if we're going to get into those per se. So I just want to touch on it while it's on my mind. when it comes to those um, concealing your intentions or playing a sucker to catch a sucker, stuff like this, how many times a kid knows that they can't get the candy, they're not supposed to have candy after a certain time, or they may not even be able or allowed to have candy for that week, but they're going to sneak on top of the counter, on top of the fridge when you're asleep, mm-hmm. go get them a piece of candy. They already was trying to plot. They wait for you to be at your weakest moments and everything like that. And exactly. all that play on the weakness, they'd be like, um, well, mommy said, no, let me ask daddy because he just came in the house. He don't know what's going on. And daddy's like, yo, get out of my face. Have the candy. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. And when they get caught, they play stupid like they didn't know. Like, oh, <laughs> what you said yesterday. Oh, I thought that. I didn't know that was for today, too. They're, you know, they're, they're playing like they don't understand so they can have that sense of power. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sorry. Before I had to get into that. Little... Hold on, hold on. Right. Because I, I always wanted to say, when you said victim, it made me trigger these thoughts. Because, like, when I read this book, bro, I look at it in, like, like a sense of war. You know what I mean? Like, some of these terms, they remind me of, like, a time of war where they say, like, victim, disarm. You know, and um, I want to say this book, it's like the long-term war. If you're trying to get to your goals, it's a war to get there. You know, it's never like a linear pattern. And mm-hmm. when you use these different laws, it's like the different battles you got to fight. You know, right. it's like the first one, you start by talking about um, never outshining the master. That may be like you were just a soldier in the game. You're just a soldier in the war, and you want to be a general. You want to be a lieutenant. You want to be, you know, whatever, superior. But you got to learn from them first. So you never outshine them on day one. You got to just take the time to build up to that level of success. You let them teach you the ways before you could then, you know, um, catch them on their downfall or whatever. Same thing with like conciliar intentions, you know what I mean? Yeah, and the thing is that that could be seen even 
like as simple as child and parent relationships. So mm -hmm. never outshine the master. How many times as kids, you know, let's say men, especially we're oh, growing yeah. up, we're going through the teenage phase. We're getting that testosterone building. We're feeling ourselves. We're messing with women. We're, we're, we're getting our swag together. We're getting popular in high school. We are feeling mm -hmm. ourselves now. And we start getting on it like our parents frustrate us. Like you can't go outside for some reason, or you can't go to this party, or you could yeah. go out, but you gotta be back by this time. And they're trying to kind of constrict that power of yours. So you flip out. And then let's say you go crazy. Like I used to be running away from home. I used to yeah, be yeah. challenging my parents all the time. And what happens when you do that? You outshine the master. You're trying to be bigger than me. You're trying to think you run stuff in here. Yeah, so yeah. now show you certain things. We're gonna take this away, we're gonna kick you out do whatever they got to do. And by outshining the master in a simple example like that will be detrimental for you. And obviously, as we grow up, we learn that can happen at jobs. That can happen even in social cliques where like this, the most popular dude or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you go ahead and try to do something. You may try to be cool. <laughs> yeah. And they got, he got everybody that could turn against you. So I'm just trying to say like that right? you guys don't got to think like, sure, it's a warlike mentality, but even before you get to that mature state of mind of, like, trying to analyze your life, calculate your moves, and get to a certain level in life, it's like, this can happen on the most basic level, so these laws of power uh, uh, apply to those things. Yeah, all right. So I don't want to, I can keep going with that, but, you know, let's right. just get into that, you know what I mean? Right. All right, so law 12, use selective honesty and generosity to disarm your victim. Here's the synopsis. One sincere and honest move will cover over dozens of dishonest ones. Open-hearted gestures of honesty and generosity bring down the guard of even the most suspicious people. Mm -hmm. Once you select, once your selective honesty opens a hole in their armor, you can deceive and manipulate them at will. A timely gift, a Trojan horse, will serve the same purpose. Yo, I like that. And again, like I said, with the war mentality, like that whole Trojan horse, that was one of the turning points in that war right there like you come giving them a gift they have to open their gates you just expose that hole in their defenses and they think oh we got this nice horse like yo this what, what is this for you know they trying to figure out the main purpose meanwhile it's like dozen two dozen three dozen people inside that horse ready to just disarm everybody in that building so i think of this and like you know if you want to relate it to the the terms at work or whatever you kind of want to just observe everybody and see their true intentions and see how they act or whatever i know this is gonna happen hold on i'm doing a podcast right now i, I told you that was gonna happen you know i'm getting these interruptions everybody because we're on quarantine right now so i might as well say that right now everybody you know family time is important so right, right, they're right. trying to get me to do things you know you know but um so i was saying with uh work you know you gotta observe people and kind of just see where you can deceive them in a sense you know mm -hmm. a lot of people are going to show you their true selves over the course of time mm -hmm. but if you use that generosity they don't really know you use that generosity to poke the holes in their armor you can then start to climb certain ranks in that corporate ladder and mm -hmm. you know sometimes you gotta get people out of your way to you know you gotta be malicious sometimes other times you can mm -hmm. just do it out the kindness of your heart and hard work you know yeah um one thing i think about when i hear this this law how many celebrities do we see that get into some trouble and the mm -hmm. next thing you you know, they're giving something away to charity. Oh yeah, yeah. They're doing something yeah. to sound to look good to do this. Like, dang, did this guy really do this? He's such a great guy. You That's know like what I'm Mike saying? Mike Vick, like, like Mike Vick with the dogs. Yeah. As soon as he like, came back out, he donated so much money to like those foundations and everything like that. Like just to say, I'm sorry, I apologize. You know. Yeah. So then, um, also, with uh, like let's say work, like 
mm-hmm. let's say you're a great worker. You 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 go there. You're you're generous to people. You hey, do you need a helping hand here? Do you need to do this? Do you need to do that? And you could be someone that comes late all the time, and the boss may or may not know. Let's say the boss doesn't know, and I'm coming in through the back door, but my employees, my my coworkers right there, they're like the ones that I see, and they could like either blow up my spot or not. But it's like you could do all the generous acts, but this one little thing you do that that kind of is like a uh, it's like a little dent in your armor, a little blemish is gonna get this kind of kind of fall to the wayside because it's like mm-hmm. we're comparing this little thing to all the other things, you know. Mm-hmm. So or um, I mean, it happens so many times. People do it in relationships. Like, you know, yeah. really on a load, they text in someone, so they're doing this, they're doing that. But they're like, babe, you want this? Hey, let me take you here. Let me do yeah, this. Let me yeah, do that. Yeah. They disguising you and putting up that smoke so you see all the good stuff. And then the little, and then the stuff you're doing, you, you've already disarmed them. They're not going to be, um, not uh, be suspicious of you. Yeah. Skeptical or suspicious mm-hmm. of you and your actions because it's like, he's being so generous. He's on the phone with me all these hours. We're going to the movies. We're doing all these mm-hmm. things. Meanwhile, he's texting so-and-so. So people practice these laws of power unconsciously as well. So I want right. you to understand that too. Like people are, these things that we're talking about, it may sound vicious, but listen, I'm sorry. As people, we have- I'm Shaking over there. We have uh, two main sides. Like, of course, we're very complex and diverse as people, but we have the loving, procreative, caring, compassionate, empathetic side, and then the aggressive uh non uh what do you what's like what's the word I'm looking for like kind of like you don't you don't care about someone like i guess you're irrelevant i don't know for lack of better terms mm-hmm. but like the non-caring the more aggressive cold dark side as well so unconsciously we're going to practice multiple behaviors and people i think some that don't like this book is because of how blunt it is but those mm-hmm. who have given it the time just to read it objectively they're like yo like this is speaking facts because Again, we do a lot of these things unconsciously, whether we, whether we want to admit it or not, to get yeah, yeah. control of our situation and circumstances around us. Oh, yeah. So um, two things. Like when you say we use these unconsciously, that's like the kid lying to their parents. You know, they just we, we grow up doing that because we don't want to get in trouble. So you kind of just learn to lie. Like if you grow up with siblings or whatever, you usually blame the other sibling because you may know, like with the selective honesty, you may know that if you did something, you would get in way much more trouble than your um, youngest sibling because you're older, you're supposed to know better. So you blame mm-hmm. the youngest sibling, so it's like less of a punishment. You know what I mean? Um, and then as far as, like you said with work, like say you come to work late or whatever and the boss knows this, that, and the third. On the flip hand of that, on the other side of that, um, you may come to work late all the time and the boss excuses you. They display that generosity because you're a hard worker. Like, yo, I'm gonna keep track of everything you're doing, but you know, I let it slide because you're cool with my book. The minute you try to turn on them, they be like, wait a second, you 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 got a rap sheet right here. You got all these lates in here. I could have fired you three months ago. You know what I mean? Right. So they, they use that selective honesty and generosity to disarm that employee in that sense. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. don't ever get too big for your loins type shit. Right, right, right. So what next law we got? I got, uh, I think it's law 13 here. When you're asking for help and, yeah, when asking for help appeal to people's self-interest, Never to their mercy or gratitude. Because I kind of feel like they flow together in a bit. So you want to elaborate on that? You want to read the synopsis? What you want to do? Okay, 13. I can read the synopsis. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> when asking for help, appeal to people's self-interest, never to their mercy or gratitude. Right. If you need to turn to an ally for help, do not bother to remind him of your past assistance and good deeds. He will find a way to ignore you. Instead, uncover something in your request. 
or in your alliance with him that will benefit him and emphasize it out of all proportion. He will respond enthusiastically when he sees something to be gained for himself. Um, I see that happen a lot, especially working with kids for the past few years as mm -hmm. I have. When I want kid, when I used to um, supervise group homes and I wanted kids to clean this room or I want them to help clean the house and do their chores or go to school, right? I could talk about, you know, man, remember you wanted to see that girl, I dropped you off her house or, you know, remember you guys were hungry and I drove you here to get food or whatever. But if I give you something now, like, listen, man, pull you to the side and say, uh, listen, I know you're struggling with this. I uh, want you to get better at it because it's in your best interest. If you could do this thing for five days straight, we'll go to the mall and you can pick up whatever T-shirt you want or whatever. It's like, oh, I got some extra incentive because I have something mm -hmm. to benefit from, which shows the selfish side of us. Like now, not everyone is like this. Like some people will do free things, but mm -hmm. that's going to run its course, too. We're not going to do free forever. So, yeah, it, it definitely plays into into, um, you know, self benefit a lot like. I think even like in a more subliminal way, like when we do certain things, like you want to read a book, you want to go to the gym. Do you really like if it was no gain to it, you probably wouldn't do it just for the labor. Why would you want to pick up mm -hmm. iron, put iron down all day? There's no sense in that. Yeah, you know, yeah. do this. I get to feel good. I get to be bigger. I get to be stronger. Or if you're a woman that's trying to tone down, I get to be more lean, more slim, more aesthetic. Um, right. When I'm reading, I get to be more knowledgeable and able to hold conversations and aware of my environment and everything that's going on so I can have some type of insight on it. So mm -hmm. every time we have a gain to it, even being an entrepreneur, going through that journey, you're not going to go through the sleepless nights, uh, waking up in cold sweats if you don't think you're getting to a fruitful destination. If you think it's just for the end all be all of the sake of um, I'm just going to do this hard work and suffer and struggle just because I like it, it's not going to happen. You know that there's a gain to it. So look at the things in your life and ask yourself, what is the direct or subliminal gain that I'm getting from it? And also think about times where you try to get someone to do something for you or with you, even if that's a friend, and when they kind of gave you a hard time, opposed to when they were complying. Was there something in there for them? Kid, parents use this with kids all the time. So, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious in my mind. But just think about that and use that to consider how you want to move. Yeah, I think the first sentence of the synopsis is interesting because they say if you need to turn to an ally for help or ally for help, however you pronounce it, ally, so everybody yeah. pronounces it different, you know what I mean? Um, or do not bother to remind him of your past uh, assistance and good deeds. I didn't even hear what you said. Um, so don't bother, do not bother to remind him of your past assistance and good deeds. So that's like saying, like, if you owe me a favor or whatever, they don't want me to come to you and say, yo, Rashar, you owe me a favor. Remember last time I did this thing for you? You know, you owe me now. Or like, you know, you don't ever want to come to somebody and say, yo, I've done so much for you in the past. I only asked one thing of you. Or like, you know my loyalty. You know who I am. Because a lot of times when you approach somebody in that manner, they know you want something. So they already tune you out there. They already know like, yo, he about to ask me for money. He about to ask me something I can't do. Or like, you make, you make them feel uncomfortable in a sense where it's like, yo, it's going to be hard to say no to this person, but I got to say it. You're like, yeah. sometimes we make people feel uncomfortable, like, you know, because of text messages nowadays, too. If I was to text you, like, saying, yo, I need a favor from you, you might not respond for a week because you're like, yo, he about to ask me something wild because this man never asks for favors. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's either urgent or it's like something that's crazy off the wall. So that's why they say appeal to that person's self-interest. So if I come to you and I'll be like, yo, 
you was trying to do a podcast. I remember you told me about that, and like, I think it would benefit you. Um, how about I co-host with you? We get it done together. So now we both coexisting in the same platform, and we both serving a self-interest. You know, we coexisting together. Yeah. Or I may be having an ulterior motive. Like, yo, Rashad got mad followers. Y'all trying to get some followers. You put me on, my boy. You know what I mean, so <laughs> y'all heard the man. Y'all heard the man. Instagram, Rashard.neal. <laughs> you ever me? Facebook, Rashard Neal. Snapchat, Rashard.neal. Website, Rashard.neal.com. YouTube, Rashard Neal. Put a little plug in. I mean, since you mentioned it, you know what I'm saying? I'm just chill. Listen, I'm gonna chill over here eating some cheeses, y'all. So if y'all hear the bag ruffling, if you're listening on audio, I'm sorry, not sorry. So, law number 16, since you got your mouth full, pause. Use mm-hmm. absence to increase respect and honor. I'm gonna read this one. For you. <laughs> Too much circulation makes the price go down. The more you are seen and heard from, the more common you appear. If you are already establishing a group, temporary temporary withdraw yourself. Yeah. From make you more talked about. I thought they wrote that wrong in there. Even more admired. <laughs> Now, nah, because the way they, you know, this is like an older book, so sometimes the way they phrase things, you know what I mean? Like, it'd be like in common talk, I'd be like, wait, how'd how that make sense? Yeah. You must learn when to leave, create value through scarcity. So, um, real quick, real quick. Um, oh, okay, this, is a, okay. this is a very important law. Let's run that back one more time so it really seep in for the audience. You want me to run it back? All right. Yeah, yeah, Too yeah. much circulation makes the price go down. The more you are seen and heard from, the more common you appear. If you are already establishing a group, withdraw yourself from it for a little bit and make yourself more admired through that absence. You must learn when to leave, create value through scarcity. Yeah, I mean, how many times do people say, you're taking me for granted, you're taking me for granted. It's because we forgot how important you are or how my life is without you because we, you're there all the time. Like, even if you d- go to a new place, like when I first came to Florida, I was like, yo, 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 yo. I still love it, don't get me wrong, but it's not like the same thrill of like, oh, I'm in a new spot, I gotta check out the new. When it's been absent, it's something you kind of desire more. But when it's around, it becomes more regular. Like when I used to, when I moved here and people who've been here for years, they're like, oh man, they, like, they don't even, they, they talk about how shitty South Florida is and all this other stuff. I'm like, yo, Y'all don't even understand. Y'all got a beach right here. Y'all got this right here. Y'all could you do got that. A beach right there. Everybody you got loves indoor like, pool love and outdoor pool. From here, but if you're from here, you got an issue with it. Like same thing with back home in the Poconos. Like people's like, yo, I hate this. But people was coming from New York and they came to the Poconos. They're like, yo, That's this nice. is where it's at. Like, yeah. like even if you if you at work right and you're there every single day, people may love you and you know they may really uh, vibe with you. You take that week vacation and come back. They're like, yo, oh, he back. Okay, yeah, yeah, like. Yeah. Even when I moved to fresh Florida, air. like, yo, when I moved to Florida, Taquan was all over me. I was like, yo, bro, like, why are you all up on me? Like, yo, man, why are you on space, guy? Like, yo, I'm messing with y'all. But, um, no, nah, like, it's definitely when you, when you remove yourself from a situation, it definitely makes people remember what you add to it. Because when you're gone, it's like, dang, we don't got this. Dang, we don't got that. Like, everything is just all over the place. So it's like, just yeah, it's just it, it may it reminds them. It reminds hold them. Hold on, hold on. It reminds them. It makes them remember it. I yeah. hear you. <laughs> you <go>. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hold on. Let me just break the ice real quick. So Rashad and I we have a shit ton of uh inside jokes. 
Mm-hmm. So like every now and then we'll be talking or whatever, and somebody will let, let one slip or whatever. I just broke character, my fault. <laughs> but I was like, imagine I'm slip. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you're supposed to say less than necessary. That's law number three. Guys singing like the choir. <laughs> They got to understand because, you know, like some people that they watch our live, they understand like, yo, we have two different sides of the, you know, we have the serious side then we have the silly, goofy side or whatever. But for the people right. that only listen to the podcast, they don't really get that um, fun side. You know what I mean? That's what I'll be saying. Like, y'all be missing it live. So you yeah. really got to tune in when we do on Instagram live. Instagram live. We may even do a YouTube live one day because they got that feature. Yeah, I got it on Instagram, yeah. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, like everybody got a live now. So like. One of these days, we gotta just got like four cameras and they just do everything. You feel me? Real, a lot of people do that. We slacking by not doing it. Yeah. Um. So I remember this one from like two years ago. Um. Mm-hmm. When you first started on your journey, you was in Florida. You was reading this book. You actually, you was reading this book. I remember you telling me this lesson from two years ago. Okay. 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 I thought you was okay. I'm so, about to say I moved to Florida three point five. Nah, I'm nah, about to say, well, that's how you. Nah, let me oh, finish. You can remember. All right. All right. So you went down to Florida and you was telling me about this book. Yo, I got this book, 48 Laws of Power. I'm reading this, blah, blah, blah. You should read this. And um, when you finally started building up your Instagram to that certain level, you was telling me, like, yo, it's a marketing tool to use absence to increase respect and honor. I give the people a shit ton of content for a week, two weeks, three weeks, make them fall in love with the shit I got, and they know I post every day. I take a break for one day, two days tops. They're going to realize they're missing something. You know what I mean? So I create my value through scarcity. Um, too much circulation makes the price go down. So if they know for a fact they're going to see Rashard content every day, they don't got to tune in every day. They'll be like, yo, I tune in whenever. He always got something going on. I'll pick it back up when I feel like it. Right. Um, oh, if he always talking about a certain topic, it's like, all right, he watering that topic down. So, like, you could do a, a video about discipline. We did this a couple of times. When we was first getting started, I remember we did a video. Um, remember that creek over here? It was like a little bridge and shit. We did a video about discipline then. Since then, that was like four, three, four years ago. Since then, I'm sure you've done another video on discipline somewhere else. Because you've already done that content before, you have grown since each installment. So you have more things to add to. You have more value to it. But if you used to talk about discipline every single day, they'd be like, yo, you got nothing else. The price, the market goes down. You know what I mean? It's a watered down topic. Mm-hmm. So if you visit a certain topic like that too, you know what I mean? So it's like scarcity within content, scarcity with information about that content, scarcity and then um, in your appearance or your presence about something as well. So you got to be able to use scarcity in different ways. No, for sure. I do that for sure. Um, even with my fitness videos, like they'd be like, oh boy, just a preacher. Like, then I come through, you know what I'm saying, take the shirt off, let the arms out, let my shoulders out, you know what I'm saying? Out, show them and shoulders. Like, and they'd be like, oh, okay, okay, I see he switched it up, but now I'm being silly. But, like, that's, yeah, like, these laws, like, they may talk about people in this, but you can see how these laws apply to so many different avenues. But um, is that the, for the first group? That's it for the first group? I, I did No, the first group was just 12 and 13. Um, I just moved on to the second group already, so I got 16 and 25 as the next one. And, I'm saying we did what was, so. Oh, so you did two per group? Yeah, because I, I didn't want to, you know, like really harp on because like some of them they uh, intertwine, and I didn't really want to keep playing on that. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. I right, so um, now. Yeah, recreate yourself. You know about this. You a funny style boy. Oh, no, <laughs> no, now you we got funny. jokes. Oh, now, oh, okay. now got funny. Okay, nah, okay. Uh, okay. Like back to the serious tip. 
All right, recreate yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay, first of all, since we, we spoke about social media real quick, mm -hmm. the main thing about social media is that people want to be entertained, right? And social media doesn't change who we are as people. It just brings out what was already in us. So people right. in general don't want to get bored. They want to be entertained. And when you think about recreating yourself, if you stay in one specialty or you have one dimension to yourself, you're going to milk that cow. It's, it's, it's done. It's drained out. There's nothing else to really expect. You're not keeping anybody on their toes. You're not even living life. You're being stagnant. And if you're not growing, you're dying. It's either you're evolving or you're not. So recreating yourself gives life to you. It gives vitality. It um, also keeps others interested in you. And it creates this um, ambiance of like, he could do anything. Like, we don't know what's coming next. And it's like, right. it's also inspiration in a lot of ways. Like, you see how many times a sport player plays sports for 20 years, then they retire, and they got other stuff going on, other ventures. Like, mm -hmm. or while they're playing sports, they're also doing movies and sneakers. And, and you know, you see different artists, musical artists, hop up in movies, clothing lines, all types of stuff. So when we recreate ourselves, it keeps people entertained, and it keeps you living and moving forward in some way. Exactly. So when you recreate yourself, you show off the different assets. You know, you show off your ability to do different things. And a lot of times, like you, like you said, you make that transition from being an artist to a movie, a, a producer, director, actor, whatever you want to, because they go into different realms. But a lot mm -hmm. of times, like the artist has developed, they may just be a rapper and then they develop themselves into an engineer, studio engineer, producer. They show you all their talents in that realm. Once they milk that cow, it's like, I. I want to get into directing movies, but to be directing movies, I don't understand the basis of it. So I got to become an actor first. After I do an actor, maybe I got like this screen right that I want the screenplay that I've been writing or whatever. Maybe I want to, you know, show the writing team, let them know what I'm capable of. And each and every time they prosper a little bit more, they recreate themselves into a different, um, a different title. You know, like I'm that director, like Jay Z, entrepreneur, billionaire, rapper, mogul you know, uh, philanthropist, like, he got all these titles, there's so many things that we could use to describe this man right here, so, um, in recreating yourself, you just allow other people to see you in a different lighting, it's not saying, like, yo, I've been lying to myself, it's not saying I burned the old version of myself, it's just like, yo, I've grown, allow me to introduce myself to you as a new person, you know, Yeah. still, also still funny, it, uh... still gritty, still got the past and everything like that, but it's like, this is something I've been trying to venture out into. Yeah, and I think it also um, creates an air of unpredictability. Mm -hmm. So you also keep power by not being predictable. We could look at mob bosses. Yeah, they yeah. got whacked once you had a routine. Once you had a routine, they got whacked. Well. Yeah, they got whacked, boy. Like, you keep playing around here like you're special. Like, I try nah, on you. <laughs> nah, yeah, you can't be coming around like this, like, you know, like you don't know what time it is. But, um, like, mm -hmm. when you're in routine, it, you're predictable. When it comes to having control over yourself and circumstances, how can you do that when everyone knows your every move? Mm -hmm. And it also keeps, it, again, keeps people excited, entertained. So let's say even something like this, like recreating yourself. Again, we don't have to take it so literal. Recreate your schedule. You may be living with a girl, you know what I'm saying? And she, she knows that every time she comes home, you're there. You know, you're there four to yeah, six. Yeah, yeah. And he usually goes to the gym after he has his lunch or his early dinner or whatever. Like, he'll go to the gym. Okay, he'll probably be back by 8, whatever. Like, 
So boom, one day she come home, you got there. Oh, oh, like what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. where you at? Is everything okay? Oh yeah, I went to the gym right after work this time. Oh shoot, he switched up. So like, it's unpredictable. Like, mm-hmm. so now if I want to do something to inform, I have to make him aware because who knows if he'll be there, if he won't be there. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a different type of way of moving. Like, um, even you know, at a, we going back to jobs because we you know we're talking about practical things in life, different ways you can relate to this on multiple levels. So. You could be having one specialty at your job. This is your one job. Be a janitor, right? Janitor in a high school. One day you just start like you 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 listening on an English class, and then you start just preaching to the class, like talking about a whole bunch of different topics they're talking about and elaborating on it. They're like, "Whoa! Like I didn't know you had that in you." Like, "Oh, he's more valuable now because yeah. he could do multiple things." Like, "What you gonna do next?" Like, then you mm-hmm. then you. You know, you come to the principal with an idea, like we should have like a fundraiser day for kids. We should do this, you know. I think the kids could be here, the teachers could do this, the staff. They're like, you better keep the janitor around. Like, actually, I'm about to you pay give you a raise five or extra dollars for wiping these yeah. floors because I don't know what I'm going to get with you. You Yo, know what I'm saying? Um, you said with Recreate Yourself, changing that schedule up a little bit, right? So, shorty coming to the crib, she's like, oh, he's not here. That's that absence as well, you know what I mean? Like, we just we just showed you how those laws intertwine, how they merge together. You can yeah. use a bunch of them at different times. You don't have to just sit there and think, like, I have to use one per situation. You can use a bunch of them in different situations. And as far as, like, recreating yourself, using these laws will help you reshape your mind, in a sense. So you may not have to recreate yourself and display it to others. You could just resharpen your mind a little bit, and you can start using some of these tools in, like, a more manipulative manner so yeah. again not with malicious intent because when you manipulate somebody it's not always malicious you may be trying to persuade somebody you know what i mean just to see your point of view so you can use these tools to sharpen your mind you don't have to tell everybody what you're doing just you know recreate yourself a little bit and then start attacking your targets like like my boy kobe he had to kill this at 13 he ain't told nobody he had that kill list he waited yeah. till everybody was off the list and he was like oh yeah i was gonna for you you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. exactly exactly <laughs> yeah did you want to read the synopsis, or because we, you know, we just kind of ran with that? Hmm? Which recreate yourself? Yeah, you wanted to read the synopsis because we just kind of ran with that. Okay, all right. So we already covered that one, but I'll give you the synopsis just so you can have like a summary as to what, as to what, huh? And then we'll move on. Yeah, yeah. As to what this one really means, this is like the synopsis of recreate yourself. Do not accept the roles that society forced on you. I don't. I don't accept the rules. You feel me? They, they know that about me. They know about me. Recreate yourself by forging a new identity, one that commands attention and never bores the audience. Mm-hmm. Be the master of your own image rather than letting others define it for you. That's okay. huge. People yeah. will try to tell you who you are, keep you in a box. That was one good thing about me moving was that I can create a new identity for myself and you can't just contain me into what you know me as. Yeah, yeah. Um Incorporate dramatic devices into your public gestures and actions. Your power will be enhanced and your character will seem larger than life. Yes, yes. Preach. All right. So, um, Law 29, plan all the way to the end. Okay. You want to read the synopsis? I I got it. I got this. All right. The ending is everything. Plan all the way to it taking into account all the possible consequences, obstacles, and twists of fortune that might reverse your hard work and give the glory to others. By planning to the end, you will not be overwhelmed by circumstances and you will know when to stop. 
gently guide fortune and help determine the future by thinking far ahead. So, planning all the way to the end, like they said, with the obstacles, consequences, twists of fortune. Because, like, when I said it earlier, I was like, yo, you could plan for the worst to happen and how you're going to react to it. You can mm-hmm. also plan for good things to happen and how you elevate from that, you know? So, it's a fact. The one thing is, a lot of people, they overthink. And they tend to just get stuck on one one level. It's like a cycle. It's just, how do I get out of this? How do I get in this? How do I get out of this? How do I get in this? But they don't allow themselves to branch out. Like trees, they branch out and branches have branches and sub-branches and mini branches and little branches, you know? There's a bunch of different obstacles that can come in your way. But you got to just stay focused on, how do I overcome? Planning all the way to the end is never going to be a linear path. It's never one point and to the end point. It's always going to be like a bunch of different things that happen. And a lot of times, we're not going to be able to predict all the possibilities, but if you hit the larger ones on the head, you'll be able to, you know, you know, just circumvent anything else that may happen. Absolutely. And one key thing that it says is um, plan all the way, plan all the way to it, referring to the end. Taking mm-hmm. into account all the possible consequences, obstacles, and twists of fortune that might reverse your hard work and give the glory to others. That yeah. happens all the time. Um, Henry Ford was talking about, you see the Henry Ford or Thomas Edison, mm-hmm. talking about how he, I think it was Thomas Edison because when he was failing, he would like kind of like conceal some of his information and like what he's learning in those failures. And the reason why he kept it so close to him is because he didn't want to do all this hard work and then all of a sudden you're getting close to figuring it out. Someone takes it from there and they get all the glory and the success when you really busted your ass you're talking so much, giving away so much information and keys that now someone took your idea and ran with it. So Mm -hmm. that happens a lot. Um, Even in my current position, uh, I'm a certified life coach and I help Mm -hmm. young adults and kids find a sense of purpose. So right now, the partners that I have, I'm working through a grant. So if I was just staying in the moment, like not planning to the end, I'd say, oh, life is good. I got thousands coming in. We good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, I have down the line uh, view of these things and I want to employ other people. I want to expand the vision, do what I got to do. So I looked at it like also a grant runs out eventually. So you got to find a new way to get funded. You got to see down the road, even though it's good now, maybe for the next few months, you got to mm-hmm. look into what is what about when that when that um, pipeline gets cut off? What am I going to do? So I'm working on getting um, funded through Medicaid to work with these underprivileged kids so that I can make a living doing what I love, right? So if I'm only stuck in the moment, I won't see these things. Um, I won't even plan money-wise as to, well, what do you have to pay for to get certified for these things and get approved for this and that? Put that to the side, plan ahead, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Even with friends, guys, friends that's in your life, like you got to study different characteristics, different ways that they move and What are the tendencies and where do you want to go in life and see, like, playing all the way ahead? What does the future look like? Almost like you're looking into a crystal ball, like, future show me with this person. If you're dating someone, what does the future show me with them? Where do I want to go? What are their tendencies? In what ways do I drain my power by being with them? And which way is my power enhanced? Because a lot of times, if not all the time, it's a give and take situation. And it talks about, in one of the laws, avoid the unhappy and the unlucky. I don't know which number it is. But Mm -hmm. that's why, because if you have a certain place you want to go and a vision for your life and you're around someone who's unhappy or unlucky, they're going to drain you financially, drain you emotionally. You know what I'm saying? So you got to be cautious of those those things in planning and take all this stuff into consideration. 
Yeah, I was going to say it definitely does take a um, when you look at relationships, it definitely does play a bigger role in relationships because I like to look at it from that point of view. So when I meet somebody, I try to ask like basic questions, get to know them a little bit, but I'll start slipping in questions about my intentions. They may not know it, but like I'll be like, um, yo, so like, do you want to stay in this state? Do you want want to move? Like, how do you feel about Florida? Oh, I hate Florida. I'm like, oh, okay, not for me because I want to move to Florida. Um, how do you feel about marriage and kids? Oh, I don't like marriage. You know, kids, I have like three of them. I'm like, oh, you got kids already? Okay, that's fine. But you don't want marriage, and I want marriage. So, like, yeah, you know I mean, like, I kind of, you know, I, I plan it all the way to the end, and I try to see, you know, well, maybe if they were to take this route and they, you know, answer some of the questions right, maybe I can compromise some of my um, my demands in a relationship and see how we can compromise. Maybe this would work out. So I start thinking, like, the next one, all right, well, maybe they want to go to Florida, but maybe they don't want kids. Can I deal with not having kids? Or, you know what I mean? Like, I plan all the way to the end, and if I don't see enough yeses, I'm like, all right, this isn't the one for me. And again, I never like go out in a relationship with, like, oh, here's what I'm doing. You know, I just kind of plan it to myself and, you know, start stacking up that way. Um, okay, 32, 32. That's all you. 32 to 32, let's see. Because uh, these go together too. It's going to be um, 32 and 33, okay? Yeah, you know what I'm over here looking for? I don't know, but you're not paying attention. I'm I'm hearing everything you said. <laughs> I know you try to I know you try to say that's all on me because you think I'm not paying attention. Oh, I found it. <laughs> Guess what I found? Yo, what? What are you showing me? Look what it says. Move it over a little bit. The crystal ball? Not really. Oh, oh, Chess. I was going to sound off while you talking. Like, <laughs> Alright, guys, so um, me and Taekwon, a little side note, we be joking because we'll listen to other podcasts and we'll hear like when someone has a hot take, they got like sound effects that like if you listen to music and let's say a radio station, they'll drop a bomb when a rapper's rapping and it's they, they said something that was real hard. like Or like if you listen to a podcast and someone says something like da, 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 it'll be sounding off. So I was trying to download this app and surprise him with the sound off app. And when he was saying stuff, just started hitting it. But like, you <laughs> seemed like I wasn't paying attention. So it kind of threw us off. But uh, we may have that for you next episode because I just found the app is about to get crazy. All right. So <laughs> right now, is this the last law or no? Never the last law, boy. How many laws we got left? Uh, I got, I got four of them, John. So like four or five. Oh, God, trying to read the book. I mean, we might as well just do the audio book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right, trying to so, get, try get that licensing deal, so you know, you know. I see, I see what you're trying to do. <laughs> All right, so law 32: play to people's fantasies. The truth is often avoided because it is ugly and unpleasant. Never appeal to truth and reality unless you are prepared for the anger that comes from disenchantment. Life is so harsh and distressing that people who can manufacture romance or conjure up fantasy are like oasises in the desert. Everyone flocks to them. There's great power in tapping into the fantasies of the masses. Okay. You want to um, talk about that or you want to dig into Law 33 as well? Because they kind of play into each other. What's 33? Discover each man's thumbscrew. Okay, we could talk about both. We could, uh, I could read both and we'll, we'll, we'll merge them together. Merge them, right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, that's another inside joke, y'all. Y'all didn't, y'all didn't get it. It's all right. Um, so 30, Law 33. 
Discover each man's thumbscrew. Everyone has a weakness, a gap in the castle wall. That weaken that weakness is usually an insecurity, an uncontrollable emotion or need. It can also be a small secret pleasure. Mm-hmm. Either way, once found, it is a thumbscrew you can turn to your advantage. So you can loosen a thumbscrew if it's like a secret pleasure, or you can tighten it if it's a weakness. Yeah. I like that. Because then like again, See that one time when it's a demonstration. Um, (laughs) so with the whole secret pleasure it's like a a little weakness or whatever that can play into that that fantasy I do the most that can play into the fantasy right there it's a secret fantasy, secret pleasure you gotta unloosen that that screw a little bit but let's see the truth is often avoided because it is ugly and unpleasant how many times do people live in this like idealistic lifestyle where it's like, yo, everything is going the way it should be, or um, it, it actually should? I like that. If we're going the way it should be, you good, you good. It's going the way it should be, that's false expectations on what is actually happening. When you say it should happen this way, you're placing expectation on there. Like I should make a lot of money. I should be this great. I should have a thousand something followers. I should, you know, whatever. False expectations, but some people actually live in that fantasy world. So you kind of just look at the thumbscrew and you say, "Oh, they got this fantasy. They don't want to live up to the truth. That's a weakness right there. How can I play on that fantasy and use that to my uh, advantage there?" For sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to elaborate on that? <laughs> mm, 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 mm-hmm. Buy some time. You know what I'm saying? All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was gonna so, say you want to dig into the life is so harsh and distressing that people who can manufacture romance and conjure fantasies are like oasises in the desert. Yeah, you want to uh, lab on that? Yeah, I mean, like that's like the root of game. When a guy's trying to back a girl, he's gonna make him her feel like yo, he's the man of all men. Um, you know, I got this guy, this truck outside. You know what I'm saying? Got the you know new rims. <laughs> What I do for work, that's funny you asked. I actually got promoted to chief uh, <laughs> co-assistant employee worker. Like, whoa, okay. So, okay, so what's that really do? Uh, well, you know, I got to wear many hats. You know what I'm saying? They just say that. You know, I'm, a, I'm a universal man, renaissance man. Oh, you no, know, no, I'm, I'm a custodial engineer. Oh, so what you do? You exactly. clean floors? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So you know, there's a little bit of everything. Where? Yeah, yeah. You know, because you know, you know me. I gotta take care of my moms, and my whole family. I gotta make sure they all eat. Everyone gotta eat. You on have my my table. Everybody eat. You have my table. Just pull up a seat. I got the feast for you. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> let me just saw a move. Oh, where I live? Where I live? Oh, you talking about the the penthouse or the or the um condo? Oh yeah, the penthouse. Yeah, that one. That one. Nah, but y'all get what I'm saying. So basically, <laughs> like. You play to people's fantasies to intrigue them to get what you want or to make you seem important to them or like this is someone I should be around because it's like, um, you know, it may be to your benefit. It may we all grew up watching what? Disney, right? So we had the fantasy, they walk up into the sunset together, all this other stuff. I don't think Paul was over there watching yo, Cinderella. Yo, yo, hold up. Disney They've been preying on young kids for the longest time. They made you think when you grew up, life is going to be all sweet and everything. You know, usually in Disney, like, somebody dies, everything happens um, tragic, and then at the end, life is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But 
that movie is only two hours long, so it's usually somebody dying like the first scene. Life is fucking decades long, so like it's so much tragedy before you get to that good part. Then you get to the good part sometimes. You know what I mean? It's not even a guarantee. And We've been praying on our minds for a minute. There's another bad part that comes after the the, the good yeah. part. So they never show you the part two, you know. Yeah, exactly. And you yeah. could twist once you know someone's thumb screw, you could twist it with that fantasy. So so God loves power, right? Oh, you a power player. Okay, I see how you move. Oh, you like, oh, you think you're in control? Okay, that's fine. So I'm the so I'm the CEO. You know what I'm saying? So I come to him like, yo, listen, man. Got this thing freedom fit coaching, bro. We moving, bro. It's getting global now. Now it's on a global level. So listen, man, I'm gonna have to like, mind you, I just need someone to run my stuff because um, you know, we're growing. I can't be at all places at one time. So, you know, he's a decent dude, but I know he got a little power trip sometime. You know, bro, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I gotta take a trip up north. We're trying to expand. What I want to do for you, though, is, listen, I can't do it myself, man. I want to make you the regional manager of the whole southern states. So, you, I mean, listen, talk about South Carolina. You're talking about Georgia, Florida. That's you. That's all you. You run it. You're in control. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 nothing moves without you giving the okay. You know what I'm saying? And you, you, you're the big dog. You're the chief out here. How you, how you feeling that? You know, you know, rub his chin hairs. <laughs> Powerful control over everyone. Let's do it. I'm in. I got what I need. I toasted that thumb screw a little bit, but, but, and then, you know, how you said you could tighten it and untighten it. So, boy, start, you know, we got a little too many complaints. Too many complaints in South Florida while I'm up in New York handling my business, growing this real fit coaching, ducking bullets in the hood, trying to help these kids. You know, I get a call <laughs> like, yo, your boy, yo, your boy is tripping. He done left a couple clients, you know, in the middle of the session. We got his workers. They're not reporting here on time. We told him about it. He's not checking in. He's not following through with what we asked. Hit my, hit my guy up, you know, dial him up real quick. Hit, hit that 561 area code. If you know about that, you know, 305. Okay, I'll be in the 718 by that time. You know what I'm saying? So, oh. no. <laughs> what's his name? I'm gonna call him Rodney. This boy, his name Rodney. What's going on, man? Listen, man, I'm hearing that we're getting several complaints in the, in the southern regions, southern states. Um, we're hearing about employees walking off the scene. We're hearing about, um, you know, not no follow-throughs with complaints. I would really hate to remove you from this position. I would really hate it, man. Like, I don't want to see right now. So I'm, t- I'm, 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 I'm loosening that screw. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, you're losing power in your mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would hate to to remove you, man, because I like you. You're a good guy. I like you, man. But we can't have this happen. That's not what our what our culture represents. So. I mean, I, I, I would just like if you could follow up with that and report to me in the next two days as to how this um, problem was taken care of, um, and, we'll, and we'll we'll discuss that, man. All right, man, have a good one. So now he has that threat, like, my thumb screw, my power may be taken away. Can't let that happen. Oh, I thought homie was up north and he wasn't going to hear this. So now that he heard, I got to get back on it because I need to stay in this position. I, he, he likes the Lamborghinis. He likes the penthouse. He likes the condo. So he want to keep it. You know what I'm saying? He feel good. Got three states under his name. He going to want to keep it. So I'm going to twist that thumb screw to whichever way I need it to get what we need. So, I mean, guys, these are basic laws of life, natural laws of life. It shouldn't be taking you guys by astonishment um, or by storm, That's whatever. Surprise, storm, yeah. Whatever you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, so like, I was going to say. Much- 
first off, first off, I apologize for my co-host. He's over here trying to win an Oscar. You know what I mean? Like, but um, everybody who watches The Office, you know, Michael Scott is the regional manager, and Dwight is assistant to the regional manager, not assistant regional manager. That's that whole thumb screw right there. So every time, it, it's you never seen The Office, so don't even, you know what I mean? Like, But it's people who watch The Office, and you know, that's like one of those underlying themes where it's like, every time Michael's like, I'm the regional manager, Dwight's like, I'm the assistant regional manager. He's like, no, 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 you're the assistant to the regional manager. You gotta put him in check every time. <laughs> but it's clear to see that Dwight um, has that that power trip. You know, we see that later on in the episodes. You right. see that he's power hungry. He wants that position. So Michael's always switching his thumb screws. The reason why I'm saying this is just because if you watch TV, and you look at these laws, a lot of times they are in line with everything. I was watching the Ozarks last night, and I've seen a lot of these different laws play a role into that movie. So when you start to see um, see these things on display, you realize, like, yo, this is why whoever Kingpin or whichever um, manager or whatever the situation is, this is why they can get away with these things. Again, I said in the live session, Steve Jobs would say something and then look at you. Like, he would keep his speeches to... A minimum. Say we gotta say get it across, but at his demands, he'd be like, Yo, I need you to fix this by tomorrow. You talking about the guy behind you? Yeah, always. He looking always. at you right now. He looking at you right now. You talking too much, boy. You talking a little too much. But um it, it's just like, you know, that power trip. So you would see these things on display and that's how you practice them, honestly. What time we got? We got a couple more minutes? What you think? What you think, yeah, yeah, we like fifty seven minutes, forty five seconds. I got For those two of y'all get that um, Steve Jobs reference real quick. Uh, who are listening to this on audio? Taquan is in, he, he got a poster behind him of Steve Jobs. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna have to put this so, on the video. What's this? You're gonna have to put this on YouTube. I have to put it on YouTube. That's what I have to do. Yeah, you made too many visual references already. Now they got to see. Now there's another uh, law of power that says play with the card, force people to play with the cards that you deal. He trying to deal. He oh he playing poker, huh? Oh, you are. Yeah. Oh, you put this guy. You try to deal the cards without you. That's how you feel. That's how you feel. Okay, okay. All right, what's the next ones we got? <laughs> uh, Law 40 despise free lunch. Yeah, I told you I'm right up to 35, man. Oh, you trying? Oh, you trying? Oh, now you trying to embarrass me? Okay, I see what you. What law is this? What law is this? We trying to all embarrass? Right, me? All right, all right, all right. So does the 40 and whatever the next one is apply to each other or no? Nah, they're just different. Like, I didn't, I wanted to just like touch on these because I knew we was going to come to the end. And I was just like, because I already had the three groups, you feel me? But I just kind of wanted to like touch on these just because I feel like they're important and they're completely different from what we talked about in the live session. So, facts. No, and, and the despise free lunch, I did glance over that one, though. I never you, even you're trying to straight. like, you're trying to buy some time so you can get to the page. <laughs> you're straight. You're straight. You got enough time? You good? <laughs> we good. We good. All right. What is offered for free is dangerous. It is usually involves it usually involves either a trick or a hitting obligation. What has worth is worth paying for. By paying your own way, you stay clear of gratitude, guilt, and deceit. It is also often wise to pay the full price. There are no cutting corners with excellence. Be lavish with your money and keep it circulating. For generosity is a sign and a magnet for power. So my dad, growing up, he always used to say, there's no such thing as free lunch in America. And I'm like, yo, my boy, I, don't, I didn't get it. I was young. I'm like, yeah, exactly. But um, 
I would try to like dispute that because you know when you growing up you want to be rebellious. You want to like oh you wrong. You want to tell them like so I'd be like what you mean there's no free lunch in America? I go to school I get free lunch all the time. You know New York public schools or whatever get free lunch. Um, oh and God, then, Wikipedia now. Nah, that ass. Then you move to um, Pennsylvania. We got over here. We had to pay for our lunch. Remember we had the lunch account set up and everything like that. And that's when I'm like, all right, I see what he mean. But I'm like, but in New York, we have free lunch. Um, so it says, what, it, what has worth is worth paying for. New York has a higher tax than PA does. So a lot of people, they move from New York to PA to get like a little bit of that benefit of not paying as much in taxes. Less expenses, but you still work in New York to make more money. And with that being said, it's just like, well... There is no free lunch because you have to pay higher in something else. It may seem free. What's on the surface, it looks free, but there's other things involved with that. You know what I mean? So whatever has value is worth paying for. Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of how uh, in the introduction of the book, it talks about those who uh, portray like they don't care about power, like people who who project the idea that they don't care about power. This is not important to them. They're just a good person. Um, You know, they're moralistic. If you were all those things, you wouldn't want to put it on front street and make it known and, and be talking about this stuff because the reason why they're doing it is to get that form of power, to get some form of leverage in life. So anyone that's doing something for free, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm going to be honest. Of course, there's times where I've done things from the kindness of my heart just because I feel like this is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But there's times when, like, you know, when you, when you even, and that's just who I am in nature, but when I do that, I am aware in the back of my head that, like, Hopefully, I have a good standing with people as well. Like, hopefully, they remember me. Like, okay, this is a good dude. Like, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. and you know that if you are a good dude, you could call it karma. You could call it whatever you want. That a lot of times things will come back. So that's being on the giving end of it of the free lunch. But on the receiving end, depending on who you're dealing with, they will try to hold it over your head. And that's why one of the laws that said um, try to appeal to people's self-interest because people are going to try to say, "Oh, remember I did that for you." And then, and essentially, it may not matter, but the fact that they're going to try is because they think that the free lunch will give them leverage. Like, or this happens again to go back to musicians when someone finds somebody and puts mm-hmm. them on as an artist, it's like you kind of feel like entitled to that person. Or if someone drafts you from the NBA into the NBA from college or high school and you get drafted, then you leave the team. Everyone wants to say something bad about you. It's like, we gave you an opportunity. Like, granted, that person had to work there to get there, but we were the first ones to bring you into the league. We gave you all these millions for doing this. Like, now you left. Now you're here to be bad. Now you now you should be badgered. Now, if that player wasn't getting paid anything, mm-hmm. if they was like, you know, listen, I'm going here, and this is what I have to do, and it was more equal in a sense, which, I mean, you could break it down and say it's equal in some senses, mm-hmm. but I think that's one of the driving forces as to why people get frustrated is because, we pulled you here. You're supposed to be our hometown hero or whatever the case may right, be. Right. The fact that we brought you into the NBA, how are you going to leave us like that? And why Kobe has so much power by staying. Like It was like, yo, like he's actually stuck with us, so people appreciated that. But I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent, but mm-hmm. I could think of plenty of that. people like, oh, like if they do something for you, like, oh, remember I got this for you? You can't do that? Dang, dang. Like It comes with that obligation. And like if you don't res- like. If you can't be there for someone at the time that has hooked you up and looked out for you, it's like you do feel that guilt that it talks about and stuff. Whether you mm-hmm. choose to succumb to it or not, you're going to feel it. Right. So despise the free lunch. Pretty much always look for the ulterior motive when somebody is willing to do something for free. 
there are people who are selfless in life. Not everybody is selfless. Just, you know, steer clear of that or look for the ulterior motive once again. Gratitude, guilt, deceit. Um, there are no cutting corners with excellence. Be lavish with your money and keep it circulating for generosity is a sign and a magnet of power or for power. I like that. Oh. That's nice. Last one. <laughs> Law 42. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. I like this one because I've heard this saying so many times. Never through, never through like this book, right? Never thought it was like a law of power. Never knew anything about it besides, um, I think somebody was rapping about it. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. I'm like, oh, that's a bar. Like, I remember hearing somebody rap about it. And I will always say that line. But now that I saw it in the book, I was like, you had to talk about this. So, law 42. Trouble can often be traced to a single strong individual, the stirrer, the arrogant underling, the poisoned of goodwill. If you allow such people room to operate, others will succumb to their influence. Do not wait for the troubles they cause to multiply. Do not try to negotiate with them. They are irredeemable. Neutralize their influence by isolating or banishing them. Strike at the source of the trouble and the sheep will scatter. So, oh, matter of fact, before we get into this, I meant to say um, right now with the free lunch thing, my fault, I meant to say this a while ago. Um, everybody who heard about that stimulus check that we're supposed to be receiving from the government, I just want you guys to like really pay attention to what cost that's coming to us at. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but I think somebody said it was like a tax advance for next year's taxes. I don't know if it's an advance on the refund or if it's like an advance on the credit. So just pay attention. I don't want you guys spending all that money if you don't need to. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a check from the government, but it's going to come at a greater cost later on. So just be careful with that. Um, strike at the source of the trouble and the sheep will scatter. So if there's an organization, a lot of times you'll see in um, like the Marvel movies, Hydra is that evil organization. They have the, uh, the emblem of like snake heads, I believe. You cut off one head, another one will grow, another one will pop up. That's their whole theme. You got to strike at the source of the trouble. So it's not always just the underlings that you got to strike at. You got to find that boss. You got to find out who they following. Once you get that leader and chop their head off, everybody else should scatter because they no longer have that power. They don't longer have that source of power. You want to add on to that? I mean, yeah, it's, it's a common, like you said, it's a common term. We see it all the time. We can see it in media when there's a big figure and now we want to find a scandal on them to try to tear them down. You mm -hmm. could look at Martin Luther King Jr. when he was changing the whole society. Boom, assassinated. Strike him. I mean, we still here, but the thing is that, like... That's a good example. Strike him. We're trying to take the leader out. Like, mm -hmm. anytime you want to stop some type of uproar you got to go to the source of it go to the root and try to chop their head off um honestly at jobs i've worked at like i've always been not trying to this is what i hear and what i see charismatic like people would just vibe with me like cool like so people in authority would see that and see it as a threat and feel like oh well since they're like rallying up with him and they, they almost feel like it undermines their power in a sense like if they're rallying up with him, then they may forget who's really in control and who has the mm -hmm. power. Because he may have an organic or natural way to connect with people. Mm -hmm. You may be lacking it because you're only about power and control and we got to get this done now at this time, at this deadline. Mm -hmm. And just using your title to push you forward where I'm actually using organic, just natural ability. You get fearful and then they try to like strike you down or say little stuff or call you out in front of people. Mm -hmm. And it's just like little power moves that happen on a day-to-day -day basis. So yeah, we know that these things happen 
Um, if you're if you are that powerful person or that shepherd, you gotta be aware of that too and know how to uh strike and 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 see this is the thing like so people feel like like this is not about being a nice guy so like like another law is like poke holes in someone's reputation mm-hmm. someone may mm-hmm. say like you know oh no guard your reputation reputation is everything it's like the cornerstone of power guarded with your life you want me so, to get the actual one or are you good so nah so that's pretty much it so i don't know the number it is but so everyone will try to like um you want to have a reputation, but if someone tries to poke a hole in it, you're like, oh, I don't care about that. And I ain't worried about that. You brush it off. But slowly but surely, people are like, hmm, is he that way? Hmm, hmm, hmm. Because you know yourself, but it's about the perception. So when someone's trying to strike you down, if you're a shepherd, maybe start poking holes back at them just because you want to keep that good standing. Like, it may sound tedious and petty to some people, but, like, you got to understand that, like, what people think about you, perception is everything. It doesn't really mean that you are these things and you have to stoop to someone's level. But if someone wants to go there with you, they're doing it for a reason. They're trying to assassinate your character for a reason. So if we're going to play that game, you got to play it a little better. You could do it in a different, unique tactic. You do it how you want to do it. But you got to know what people's intentions are, what's important in this idea of power, which is a.k.a. having control of yourself and your circumstance. Because let's say now, okay, you don't care about that. You don't care about they saying they're clowning you. So now the public perception is, oh, he's a clown. Like, he's a joke. Like, it is mm-hmm. that your job and you want a promotion. You can't even go there seriously asking for a promotion when everyone looks at you like a whatever now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because a little court jester. You've allowed, mm-hmm. your, you've allowed your reputation to be ran through the ground. So think about something like that as to how it can affect you when you say, oh, I don't want to be petty and I'm not going to go back and forth with people. You don't got to go back and forth. You may just put one jab out there. Oh, that's yeah. funny that you said that because boom. Oh, oh, like we didn't know. Like they're going to learn not oh. to mess with you. Now your reputation grows. Other people are not going to mess with you mm-hmm. because it also talks about if you uh, show like timid timidness and not boldness, even the weakest person will become a wolf and try to jump on that train and try to take you down. Yeah. So you got to be aware of these things. I want to say with Strike the Shepherd, you got to realize that you are the leader, right? A lot of people are following you, which means that you have a greater responsibility. People are only going to strike you if you're doing something that they don't enjoy. Um, so I wanted to think about different examples. And I thought about in high school, remember how we will always have like gatherings in a hallway before class, after class, just being rebellious in certain ways. And there will always be one teacher that everybody be like, oh, shoot, so-and-so, so I'm coming. Yeah. And everybody just scattered, right? That person has gotten that reputation of striking the shepherd, so everybody scatters all the time. There's always one rebellious kid who's like, nah, I ain't leaving. And there's always a little group that's following, like, oh, if he ain't leaving, I ain't leaving. And then the teacher has to make an example out of that one kid. Mm-hmm. And... At that point in time, I started thinking, I'm like, yo, what if we was to do things differently? What if we had these laws of power in school? We'd be a little bit smarter. So if you're the shepherd and you know you got a following, you'd be like, oh, so-and-so coming? All right. Well, let me stay out of trouble. Let me lead my parents to stay out of trouble as well. We'll find another way to, you know, we'll find another hallway. We'll find another avenue. You know, something else to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, but as kids, we may use them for the wrong reasons, too. So it's hard to of say. Course, I think of course. Right time. Yeah. But, like, with great power comes great responsibility, and the shepherd is in great power. That's just it. Sure. Sure. At the end with that Spider-Man quote, all right, boys. What's the Spider-Man quote? With great power comes great responsibility. Everybody know that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right, then. Well, we want to just thank you guys for tuning in to episode 23 of the Competent Conversations podcast. I said at the beginning. All right. Now, but, um, so uh, I want to just, uh, again, thank you guys. And we're going to let you know where you can find us mm-hmm. outside of this YouTube video or this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts that you may be listening to this on. Um, I'll go through my social media. My Instagram is Rashard.Neal. Uh, Facebook is Rashard Neal, Snapchat, Rashard.Neal. Everything to do with me is Rashard Neal. So YouTube channel, um, and, oh, uh, website, RashardNeal.com. Um, and if you want to talk on a deeper level, email me at ffclifecoaching at gmail.com. And check out my latest clothing line where it talks about a lot of finding your purpose it has messages that resonate with finding your purpose, living this life of freedom, which is, in a sense, a form of power to live inside right, a sense right. of freedom. It's ability, right? So that's on RichardNeal.com as well. And, yeah, tune into the Competent Conversations podcast, like I just said, on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. All right. So, Taekwon Lino, you can find me on Facebook at Taekwon Lino. Find me on Instagram as All I Do Is Fit. Social media, um, what else I got? I got? I got Snapchat, I got that too. All I do is fit on Snapchat, and then I got uh, a website. Website is all I do is fit.net. What else do I got? Um, I think that's it. I'm missing Just anything? get your address out while you at it, bro. I usually, I, I'm always on Instagram, so like the other social media avenues, like I'll be trying to use them, but like Instagram is my baby. I love Instagram, so I'll be having like a lot of connections there, so like. I always shout out the Instagram. Otherwise, I'd be forgetting sometimes. But wow. Gmail, all I do is fit at gmail.com. A lot of times, you could just reach me through Instagram, you know, DM, whatever. Or you could just email me. I always check the emails as well. All right? It's like a player, man. All right. Thank I'll you guys for listening. Boy. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. Peace.